Hey folks, Nate here. You're listening to Critical Care, a show about games and the humans who make them. This is episode 38, featuring multimedia artist, rapper, and game designer Lena N.W., creator of 2020's Nightmare Temptation Academy. Enjoy. So, um, my name is Lena N.W., and I rap as Felicia G. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and I make video games, um, sort of like most of them, they're not quite visual novels, kind of dating sim, choose your own adventure, um, but we'll get more into that. I want to talk about games specifically, um, but one of the things that was interesting to me looking over uh, more of your kind of body of work, uh, what you have on your website is that you are doing like a whole ton of, of different kind of mediums like you mentioned your your music um and you also do a bunch of animation work which was was cool to to check out um for some a uh, bunch of names that i i recognize which is yeah uh, pretty wild it, um yeah i kind of keep that separate like i have like an industry work portfolio mm-hmm. um just because I don't want to be like um, off-putting or it's just like a totally different world. And <laughs> this is kind of a side tangent, of course, cut out whatever you need, but it's kind of frustrating because I like, I'm not really known as a rapper, but I have all these like label emails, but they, it would be sort of like weird and annoying to be, hey, check out my mixtape. Like, like, cause that's not even what those, people do like they're they're like they put artists in such it's like ar people so that's it's like it's funny for me yeah it's i don't know much about kind of that that world but it's i i imagine it's a challenge to kind of i guess promote yourself in in all those different sort of of realms there's a lot of how they're set up is to kind of push you down one road and then you're kind of stuck there at least that's been the impression i've gotten is it's you kind of have to start over with with each different uh each different like form that you're working in why i liked games so much is because it really it can be every medium like i felt like oh i can showcase um, all these skills that I have, like all these almost like different identities um, through by like mashing all these mediums together. Yeah, for sure. Which I think is is one of the coolest things about uh, Nightmare Temptation Academy um, that I want to kind of pick apart a bit more. Uh, but going back just a bit, I was curious a bit more about what drew you to games initially kind of what your history was there and 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 why you started going down that road so i grew up like very much on the internet um and like i guess like the first kind of the gaming site i was obsessed with was neopets Mm. and that sort of like was a gateway to like new grounds and stuff um and just like 
I wanted, I would play these like new grounds games, especially like being younger. Maybe I was like 11 or between the ages of nine and 12, um, sort of like going on the like adult portion of new grounds. And like, there's like, um, there's all these dating sims, like um, most of them are like anime based, but they're like made by mostly Americans and they're like really crude. Um, one that I love is like Frank's Adventure and sort of like playing these when I was younger and like just thinking it was it was funny, like, oh my God, boobs. And then sort of like, I still like wanting more from them, like even like as a like naive child being like, oh, I want a game like this, but like you play the girl character. Um, so I just always wanted, I loved like um, sort of like these DIY visual novels. And I was really inspired by these like amateur works on Newgrounds because they were so fucking weird. <laughs> um, and also because I could look at the art and be like, oh, I can do this. And like, even going back to Neopets, um, it really encouraged like, encouraged a lot of um, creativity from the users. Like they had um, this thing called a beauty contest, but it was really a drawing contest where you would draw your Neopet and like have people vote on it. I never won or anything, but they also had this, um, I think it was called Neopian Adventure, and it was actually like a, it was like Twine. It was like a make your own hyperlink text adventure game. And you could only use images that were on neopets.com. And you would like, you would get the, um, the URL of the image and put, it was sort of like, there was like some HTML involved um with like making a neopets profile or like making um a neopets adventure game uh so like that was i guess my first game was like this this neopets hyperlink adventure um so i i liked i feel like i was always sort of like in the space of games that let you make games <laughs> Or like, um, I was also really into anime. So sort of like engaging with fan art culture where I would like draw my favorite characters and write fan fiction about them. So that's sort of how I got creating and all of that was already like wrapped up in games, but it was like um, browser games, um, flash games. Um, I had a Nintendo 64 and like I loved but I would, I don't, I'm not like a gamer in that sense. Like I'm not, a, I don't own a console. I have a Nintendo Switch, like, but like, I'm not, um, like that's not my influences. And the games that made me want to make games were just made by very, very amateur, very DIY. So I all, always thought that was a possibility. And then when I went to undergrad at FSU, I wanted to do art because I had always been making stuff. I mean, I, I've been rapping since I was 15. Like I had a MySpace rap page. Um, so like, I feel like I've really been doing this stuff forever. Um, like just like a natural like flow of my interests. 
but um, it was an undergrad where I learned how to code. Um, what had happened was like, my parents didn't want me majoring in fine art. So I told them I was doing graphic design and the graphic design program at FSU at the time was part of the fine art program. But then they dissolved the graphic design major into fine art where people had focus areas. And one of the focus areas was actually interactive art. So I, after taking like an intro to like digital media where we like learned how to code a little bit, I was like, oh, I have to make a game for my thesis. Like I've always wanted to make a game and now I like have the tools to do it the tools and the time to do it. So it was like, I was kind of like waiting. It was something I always wanted to do. Um, and then I had the opportunity and the resources to, and that was my, my first game, Fuck Everything. I made my junior year of undergrad. And then I made the second one, which I made with my friend, Costco Dream Girl. That one I made my senior year as my senior project. And those are built as websites. So Nightmare Temptation Academy was my first time using Unity. So that was a whole nother deal. But yeah, that's how I got into it. Wow, that's... Neopets is such a, an interesting uh, influence. Um, it, was, it was probably the first thing I can remember doing on the internet was signing up for Neopets. Um, cause I always wanted a Tamagotchi, but I couldn't afford one. Uh, and yeah, it's just the weird, like early internet community that existed on that site and the, uh, sort of the ways it just kind of seemed to, to build out new, new features and, and games and, and experiments, uh, just kind of based on whatever uh, the creators thought was cool. Uh, it's not really something you see uh, anymore in that sort of space, but was uh, it still hold as like one of the the most delightful like experiences on online. Um, and it's cool to to see that starting to to come back in. I've, I've been seeing more people. Uh, referencing it and remembering it and then going down the very strange uh, history of it being sold to the Church of Scientology which is just a very interesting trajectory yeah. yeah but yeah to me that was like my gateway into mm -hmm. like being an internet kid I guess like mm -hmm. from there um, my interest in do you remember or know a site called Gaia Online uh, I I I am familiar with it. I never, uh, never. That was my not adult Neopets. My high school Neopets, or I guess no, like maybe seventh, eighth, ninth, and then sort of like tenth, and then I started trying to. I started just like acting crazy, uh, junior and senior year in real life instead of being on the internet so less of <laughs> yeah um so guy online was like um 
really big for anime fans, but it was kind of like Neopets where you would have an avatar and you would like buy clothes for it. Like it had sort of like um, the same sort of community of like making your avatar look cool. It was like comparable to Neopets, but with like older users and you didn't have pets, you had like an an avatar. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of like a bridge into 4chan and like as someone who was into anime i would go on the anime boards but then there was like this horrific like parallel culture that we know about 4chan which is like sort of like um like i was really into like all these fucked up memes like you know like shock shock sites and like um Sort of, I just like didn't have a context for like all the media that I was engaging with, and it's sort of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sort of thinking about like it was my first time calling Neopets like a gateway into this lifestyle, and just like I was just thinking about like what sites I was on after Neopets, and um, yeah, so yeah. it was like the. Neopets to Newgrounds to Gaia Online to 4chan pipeline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's wild how kind of the just following like communities from from one place to another, how it kind of seems to inevitably just get you sort of down to the deeper, uh, darker yeah. areas of the internet. Like everything, everything goes down eventually. Yeah. Um, remember in terms of service changes like you used to be able to post external links on neopets so there would be like a very rare fucked up thing even on neopets but now you can't do that like it's like that stuff would even bleed into a children's site at a certain point Mm -hmm. so um and like for example like i remember you had to be 13 to use the forums and the neopets chat unless you got like your parents to like sign a forum and i I just like obviously lied about my age (laughs) so i could just you know use these features of neopets um (laughs) so yeah i mean the site's totally different now but yeah i have all these memories of just like being online just thinking about, I mean, obviously it's still kind of a wasteland uh, online, but it's it's a much more like corporatized wasteland. So it yeah it functions to kind of just keep you within one like box or then another, and it's uh so interesting remembering the the sort of just just giant landscape of of weird random sites that you could just stumble upon and and it's just like well how does this exist how long has this been here how did it get here <laughs> mm. yeah um and myspace is another another it's oh yeah it, it was yeah it's interesting to too. yeah it's interesting to hear you say like neopets is kind of like a early gaming experience and then myspace uh for your music which I think increasingly uh, hearing about like people who who used to to post on MySpace and that was like a uh, to me like the music 
aspect of MySpace is is what I remember the most. Um, I think it's kind of gets lost in the in the Facebook comparisons, but the it serving as like a a early before like Spotify and everything came and just devoured music streaming. It it serving as like a uh, way for people to to put their music online and for other people to listen to it. I think. I mean, for me, it was like the first time I was able to listen to music that wasn't like contemporary Christian tunes, because um, that's all that yeah. we got to listen to at home. And then I go on the internet. I'm just like, oh, they're saying they're saying swears in in, in these songs. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would um like I still feel like they influenced me. And I mean, um, like during the MySpace days, I would like listen to the millionaires and tequila tequila made music i don't know if you're familiar with them they're the millionaires are kind of like scene kesha and there was like this they were like scene queens and there was like they they didn't really have beef with kesha because they were like too small as artists but they had like the similar like delivery like valley girl like not singing not quite rapping and they would talk about partying but they were like way dirtier than Kesha and Kesha was like the like people thought Kesha was trashy and the millionaires were like actually she stole that from us and we're way trashier um I was obsessed with them um so that's like that's like what um why I kind of like style um, the delivery of my music, of my rap, the way I do um, was from this, these MySpace music scene, scene, the scene scene. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, don't, I'm not familiar with them, but I'll have to look them up. Uh, It, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't surprise me too much because listening to uh, the music in Nightmare Temptation Academy it definitely felt like there was a lot of uh, that sort of influence. I guess people call it hyper pop now, but like mostly just like MySpace music is still how I think of it, of of this very particular sort of delivery and production that uh, I, I I really enjoy, and it's it's cool to see kind of burgeoning off from just like obscure internet sites to yeah. more like recognition. And I've seen, like, um, the genre at the time, and, like, I don't know, you know, like, Peaches, like, they're, that was called, like, Electro Clash, um, and, like, I don't know, I, I don't even feel like an authority on genres whatsoever, so I'm just about to start talking shit, and I'm gonna uh, (laughs) stop, stop myself, but. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like genres are all, are, are kind of meaningless um to a varying degree uh i'm convinced they were just created to sell cds but uh it is interesting to think about them at least in terms of like where does this sound come from um very much rap like in those genres like where like the delivery and the attitude i think like feels like it's in that genre but i think like the way that my lyrics are like structured is more of like a sort of like um rap and hip hop like tech like technical 
mm-hmm. execution. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I do feel like I'm just trying to pull all my influences together. <laughs> yeah, which I think is a great lead-in to talk more specifically about Nightmare Temptation Academy, which we sort of talked in reference to uh, a bit on this show um, already. Uh, I guess for people who haven't played it, uh, this is a... I mean, I guess it's mostly a dating sim-style visual novel, but it also includes, like, many games and and FMV segments, and it's also, like, a rap album. It's a whole bunch of things kind of rolled into one. Uh, I find it kind of... Talking about, <laughs> about genres being kind of meaningless, uh, I think stuff like this kind of uh, yeah. shows a lot of its, its limitations. Um, but, uh, yeah, you follow a... a school girl um in this hell world just trying to to interact in increasingly um fucked up scenarios with some kind of disastrous consequences depending on on your outcome uh and it explores a lot of a lot of what we've talked about a lot of like these early internet moments exposure to just like shock humor and and pornographic content i guess uh at a, at young ages just because of how the internet works um and uh i think one of the one of the things that uh i mean immediately jumps out of it is it it uh openly like engages with a lot of stuff that i think most games if not most media kind of avoids because of the current uh i guess critical environment um the the eagerness with which people will kind of read anything as as problematic um without really engaging with it beyond that and uh one of the things that that drew me to to Nightmare Temptation Academy was kind of this openness of just like, all right, we're going to we talk about this stuff that exists and is influencing people in particular ways in which, I mean, obviously other art is is dealing with and has dealt with, um, but which, I mean, for varying reasons, seems uh, are either very bad at, at, at discussing or just ignore entirely. Um, unless you end up on like new grounds or somewhere that doesn't really exist anymore. So this is a roundabout roundabout sort of uh question lead in, but I I guess I was curious about the experience of putting something like this together of like trying to find that balance between stuff that is like provocative and and shocking um while also not having it just devolve into like shock into for its like shock value or like it's just kind of going down a checklist of of things that could possibly be like troubling um curious how you sort of approach that what what kind of specifically interests you about about that kind of subject matter yeah so 
interesting because the, the game is about all these medias and about internet addiction without actually showing any of the characters being on a computer because mm-hmm. they sort of exist in a parallel universe where like um like this isn't in the game it isn't anywhere but i kind of think of the protagonist character as like the hell's spawn daughter of like all my influences and she's just sort of like born into this without any other context and that's like sort of um a metaphor for like a social struggle that I've always had that I'm sort of just starting to make sense of especially through having made this game where um I was very much online and it wasn't until high school that I started like trying to interact with the real world and like you know like clicks and real world social settings and um i had such a problem with like i just did not have the same cultural references as anyone around me mm-hmm. like i had a couple friends but they went to different schools and we just like made art and watched anime together but those people did not attend my high school um and like i just like was acting shocking and like people thought I was so crazy and I just felt like it was just like a part of my personality where I was I was almost like kind of like bored by everything that happened in real life and um I wanted to show like portray shock as like something that is like culturally ingrained from a sort of upbringing of like this media oversaturation where it's like you're just like watching these like gaping assholes and like gore and beheadings and it's almost like and you're also engaging with all this like um fantastical violence and sex that is purely fictional and it's like this like i guess it is really like a desensitization that comes from an over stimulation so i wanted to like show this character and this world um that is sort of like an allegory for that struggle um of like dealing with feeling like you don't have a concept context and not um knowing how to engage in reality mm-hmm. uh so it's like um because like shock had always been a critique of my work that kind of bothered me that i like struggled to defend where um people would be like oh you're just like doing this because it's shocking and i'm like um i guess just trying to represent this feeling that I feel is like very um, kind of authentic to my experience. And the more I put it out there, you know, this, I do find that this is a common experience and it has birthed like a culture of people who know exactly what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. which, which is like very like comforting to like find community somewhat through putting stuff like this out there does yeah. that make sense does that answer yeah. your question yeah, yeah definitely yeah. i mean 
I think I don't I don't know if this comes off to people when they just look at the store page, but certainly one of the things that really struck me about actually playing uh, the game and is kind of how I'm uh, trying to to get other people to play it who maybe uh, aren't aren't immediately uh, grabbed by it in the in the same way um, is that it is a lot more I don't know if tender is the right word but it has a lot of of empathy for its characters even the ones that are are doing like pretty horrific things like it's it's coming from a place of really wanting to understand both what kind of exposure to these kind of either situations or media or just uh, existing adjacent to them even um, what that kind of does to a person and also what might lead people to do um, some like really awful things that we can look at from the outside and be just like, well, that seems like inhuman, but uh, most often it's people arriving at there from either a point of trauma or alienation or just confusion and and no real outlet to uh, get answers to any of those those problems, um, which is something I think the game does a really good job of of emphasizing with. Um, Probably because it's it's coming from uh, experience in those sort of communities, which I think is is part of of why it feels very distinct from like even the work that uh, I'm guessing like uh, influences a lot, like stuff on new grounds, which I think probably mostly did exist for for shock value and kind of just like a well, nobody can stop me putting this on the internet, so I'm just gonna do. The most horrific thing I can, um, and that was just kind of the the nature of of internet art and flash games for a long time. And it's weird because like consuming that media when um, I'm young and younger, it, it does feel like it it's like a a a high, like a mm-hmm. um, like when I mentioned like being bored in real life all the time, like there's like an adrenaline thing that like makes you want to keep searching these out or like oh i'm gonna like send a shock site to a a guy at school as like a like a machismo thing like i can find the craziest thing on the internet um which is like very much not something i would ever do now um like i just know that that's like wrong (laughs) but um like on all these forums I was in that was like a, a normal thing to do mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, from, from Rick Roll to Goatsy to One Man One Jar like or whatever <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting kind of thinking back about the like division that existed between a lot of like how people interacted online versus in person which i think is yeah it's kind of devolving um to some degree now just as we're just internet is just such a a normal part of every person's life and identity at this point that there is less of a a division there than there was um still to some degree usually for 
for for the worst reasons. Yeah. But um, and I did have like crisis, um, like identity crisis on Facebook, where like real life friends and internet people started converging. I don't use mm-hmm. Facebook anymore, but I, it was like. I just remember getting angry, like, oh, the internet used to be for fun and for pretending to be someone else. And now it's like, now I have to behave or whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel like that. I don't remember when that happened. Probably like right at the end of high school, beginning when I ran, which would be like 2011-ish. I started like, I started... I feel like I didn't, I'm 27 right now. I feel like it took me like making this game and having my brain fully develop at 25. I like felt that click where I started kind of putting the trajectory together, started having hindsight for the first time. In addition to kind of the the subject matter of the game, uh, one of the really striking things about uh, Nightmare Temptation Academy, uh, which I think is is distinct from really most games out there, but it's something I've been really trying to find more of is its kind of collage, uh, like status or like art style, um, mm-hmm. both in terms of like how the visuals are are designed, pulling in a lot of different media and like textures and photos with like hand-drawn art and and digital stuff but also in terms of like the composition of the the game itself of like having these visual novel dating sim segments so then there's like these pseudo flash game mini games that you take part in there's music videos that just sort of pop up over time um there's a whole bunch of of stuff kind of happening in it I mean, we already kind of talked about bits of like where where the style comes from. A lot of like your different influences sort of coming together. Uh, I'm I'm curious a bit about the process of actually making something with like this many different elements, kind of getting them to to work together. What was like, what were kind of the I guess challenges there of like how to how to get all these different parts of this style that I think feels very cohesive in the end, but I'm sure took a lot of uh, a lot of effort to kind of fit together, which is probably why it's not that common in games that I've played at least. My collaborator, Costco Dream Girl, she made all the mini games and she also did um, some parts of the environment with collaging. And I feel like... Um, She's like a collage expert and just by, I used to like be very line art based. Like um, even if you go to my first game, Fuck Everything, there's way more a line art with kind of only very specific. The collage is way more contained, like um, even to the extent of putting like um, a picture, a real life picture inside a picture frame and then to have a bunch of line art around that it was um less integrated um and so then when i decided to collaborate with her on viral she was doing the collaging so i started um 
using that technique more to make our styles blend together. Like she was like just doing collage art and I was just doing line art. Well, not just line art, but very much more line art. And like I had, um, before I made games, I like, I made a, um, a graphic novel, which there was no collaging in that. Um, much more anime uh, influenced. So sort of by virtue of collaborating with her on viral, I started um, using collage way more, but um, it was kind of like um, a natural skill just by the experience of like, oh, making memes, um, saving images. And like, I knew how to use Photoshop because um, I like to Photoshop myself for social media, on, like since MySpace. Um, and I also used it to make my like digital line art in. Um, so like um, Photoshop facilitates it really well just by being great for digital painting, line work and photo editing. Um, so I already like knew the tools, like um, use the warp tool and liquify a lot to sort of transform these uh, collage elements into my own. So, I mean, it's hard to really walk through the process explicitly of how I made it cohesive. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I just like, you know, tweak it until it looks good, change, <laughs> the, change the color until it looks nice. Like, there, there is like an aesthetic consideration, but it's not... Um, coming from a, a technical place it's, it's like an intuitive like a decision like this looks good i'm done now um yeah that's yeah that's that's interesting because yeah i think like one of the one of the parts i enjoyed the most is is how every day in the game um because people who haven't played the game is structured through like a series of days, which each kind of follow different characters, and uh, the way that those are structured is like you can just you walk left to right, and the screen just kind of shifts from different environments. Um, it does so in like a in a way to where it feels like all of these different strange places are just sort of stitched together and somehow make sense like uh orientation wise even though the the pieces obviously are do not make any sense to be together and the the world makes no sense if you if you think about it but within context it it feels like it it fits um so it's interesting and i guess i was thinking um thinking of it as sort of like a stage or a set mm -hmm. um like before i started they um like kind of like the first step of me making this game is like I made a just a, a Google Doc, like a Word document where I like said, sort of outlined every event that I wanted to occur on each day, which was like character driven. So like, what are your interactions going to be with each of these characters? Um, and then I sort of like broke that up. Like th this is going to happen in school and then this is going to happen after school. And then I sort of like came up with these places 
based on like what event was going to happen there, but it wasn't like something I really thought of hard. It was like, I want to make a for it. It was like, just like, um, I don't know. They're almost like archetypes of, of locations, like the forest, the desert, the, um, the, the wasteland, um, the school, the classroom. I don't know. They're, they're like a trophy for, I guess. But um, I guess it was just also a way to sort of like show the passage of time. Like you're in school and then you travel out of it to the rest, the rest of the environment. Um, I don't know. I feel, I'm, this is kind of like my first time being asked or like hearing you describe it and trying to think about why I did it. I mean, a lot of it was like, using unity for the first time and Mm -hmm. i um knew i didn't want to work in 3d like i still wanted to have my illustrative style in it but i wanted to like kind of add this other element of like um i drew this character doing a walk cycle or like um this maybe even kind of like more of an aesthetic choice to have her walk through space instead of having this explicitly be a visual novel is like I thought it was looked good to have her walk it was kind of like intriguing to see it was just a mechanic I hadn't used before and Mm -hmm. um, I think the choice was like mostly aesthetic and mostly like um making a 2D game in Unity and and wanting to sort of do a side-scroller thing. Yeah, and I I think you, like, often the, like, you get the story bits, obviously, from the character interactions primarily, but I think a lot of the personality really comes out in the in the moments, like, where you're just walking between areas or just looking at stuff in the background. Um especially the way the the main character moves i think conveys a lot about uh her just kind of how she presents herself in the world um and was always a a fun thing to see especially contrasted with sort of the the way that that changes uh at the end of the day where she's just kind of falling through a void of thoughts going around her um I, i i don't see that working as as well if it's it's just kind of a static, static interaction. The way that a lot of visual novels do it. Because my my games fuck everything and viral were very much like point and click visual novel where mm-hmm. you usually didn't see the main character except maybe in like a cutscene. Um, so I definitely feel like different emotions were conveyed just aesthetically and visually by like some sort of um the the walks walking mechanic yeah uh was there was there anything that uh you found particularly challenging or like any part where stuff kind of like clicked in this place and you're just like okay i understand what i'm doing here now a lot better i guess those are two kind of different questions but Technically, it was really difficult using Unity for the first time. And um, I made this while I was um, 
doing a, a two-year MFA program at UCLA Design Media Arts. Um, this I've worked on this the entire time I was there. I thought this would only take one year, just kind of because of the amount of time my last two games took me less than a year. And this one, I was like, this is more ambitious, ambitious. So let's say it takes a whole year, but it took the entire two years. And I wanted to, was planning to focus my second year on just making music videos. Um, but this was always going to be a rap musical game. It was always going to have these musical cut scenes. But um, I just didn't, I really was, felt like I was crunching the whole time. I really underestimated how long it would take just because I was learning a new tool that like had like weird glitches, like, like was kind of buggy, uh, doesn't have the most specific documentation. And um, honestly, like if I wasn't at um, the UCLA game lab, there, there were people there who were experts who could help me when I would get stuck. And I like, don't know how I would have made this without them. Like, you know, like the, the character would fall over like with the physics and get stuck in weird places. Like the game was just like very broken and I don't know how I would have fixed it without that help. So that was like frustrating. Uh, took a lot of time, but I did have like a community to help me get unstuck. So that was the hardest part. Um, Another hard part was of how long it took because um, I had just moved to LA and like I wasn't able to be as social as the people in my program were with each other um, because I had a definitive end goal for this project. <laughs> like um, I had written the, the entire arc of the game before I started making it. Um, so I knew it wasn't like an like an it wasn't like a grad school experiment. It was like I'm here to make this production. Uh, so I was like very much crunching myself and missing out on socializing and making friends and seeing a new city and um, networking, going to concerts. I did that way less than I would have liked to. So making it was sort of an isolating experience. I did make friends, you know, like, but it was like I was, uh, I had to say no to so many things. So making it was like a pretty isolating experience. And then the fact that the game itself dealt with isolation, and I was like, sort of like uncovering and realizing all these things from my past while I was making it, like, definitely, like, made me depressed. Like, it was very, like, anxiety-creating, like, <laughs> I forgot how, um, there was a funnier way I was going to say this, but it was, like, um, I was almost, like, kind of, like, exploiting myself, like, nobody had this expectation for what this game should be except myself, like, I would still, like, graduate if I didn't finish the game or if it wasn't what I planned on it being, but I was sort of, like, like exploiting and crunching myself to make to make this um so i like definitely had a few like 
mental breakdown feelings of like, why the fuck am I doing this? Um, yeah. Mm. But like, as far as like, um, you know, coming up with a character is sort of like writing the script. That's all like very like free flowing. Like that's not difficult. That's part isn't difficult. Like the creative aspect isn't difficult or like, um, instead of a writer's block, I'll like write too much and it'll be like, this is like weird crap, sort of like sifting through what I made that would get put in the game and what was like too weird or I was like too high when I wrote this or something. Um, um, Like producing the content and like having something to, to want to say or finding the inspiration, like, there was no, that was like very easy and sort of like the overflow that I felt sort of created this like time crunch expectation, anxiety, and just like having all these epiphanies about myself and like past traumas, like while stressing myself out, it was like, like, I don't want to do that again. Like it took me two years to make. So I released it a year ago. I need like another, at least another year. Like I'm not gonna make another game soon. I'm doing music right now and music videos cause that's like fun. And like, there's sort of like a community in collaborating with people, um, which I mean, I haven't really been seeing people in person, but there's still like a, a social, like fun, non-technical, aspect of just making music and rapping whereas game dev has all this like labor that's excruciating Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that sounds incredibly intense Uh, yeah yeah it was like a huge weight to like finish it and put it online (laughs) yeah it's like yeah it was like a huge release do you do you feel like positive about it that it's like like what what you ended up with uh in spite of like the the toll it it took to to create i'm really proud of it um and the more people who see it the less i become worried about it being something that's inaccessible and alienating because like as i've shown it to people who, especially like within like the indie games community, like who connect to it, I feel better. I feel like it's doing what I want it to do. Whereas like before releasing it, there's this anxiety of like, this is too crazy and it's going to like make people like afraid of me or like I'm going to get dragged for having the scene in there. Like, um, I feel like that that's sort of like kind of I kind of accounted for that within the gameplay where like I wanted the character to sort of like decide the boundaries where in my past work like things would happen to the player character that you couldn't control like pop up and stuff this one you sort of push the boundaries for yourself with some exceptions but like you could play this really safe and only see only see a few fucked up things that aren't that bad. Um, like you don't have to torture the hamster. Like you could skip everything. Um, like you can 
like preserve your boundaries while playing. So I feel like that was sort of accounted for where the players sort of had to like reflect on their own decisions instead of like blaming the dev Mm -hmm. or or whatever. Um, So um, I liked that format. And I think that was also a response to like criticism about um, shock value in the past. Or, or like, um, it's interesting, like, to think about the trigger warning. Like, I think, like, you know, like, the shit that I was engaging in on the internet, and I always go back to the, like, trick link shock sites as, like, the opposite of the trigger warning. And then there's, I'm, like, amazed that it exists in online culture today like it's so different mm-hmm. um where like i would post a shock site on a myspace bulletin but i would never do that on twitter today um like i just i know it's kind of like wrong now but there is this, like that long trigger warning in the beginning like it's not like facetious it's like i Hmm. I'm not struggling for how to say this, but it's like almost feels like so different than my upbringing, I guess, or just like having like lived through trauma and also like kind of self-inflicted a great deal of it by virtue of being on the internet and like self-destructive behavior. It's like, um, where was my trigger warning, you know? It's not like I want to take it out on the world, but it like um, at first it felt antithetical to what I was trying to say in my art, but I also like don't want to like cause harm or like I don't feel like it spoils anything necessarily about the gameplay, but yeah, like releasing it and like there is always like a fear of backlash, but just feeling like, I guess what I made, I was really thoughtful about all these things. Like I was um, aware of what reactions might be that it's sort of like accounted for within the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It was one of the things I was kind of thinking about as I was, trying to to make sense of why this game didn't feel like it was only existing to kind of be shocking and 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 that was like the the goal of it like there's a lot more going on here and i think one of the parts that helped that for me at least was kind of the the way that it does let you decide to like eject if something gets like too real i guess like there was there were certainly segments where i was just like i this is not i can't do this like hit the hit the escape button um and it doesn't treat that as like a it doesn't like chastise you um for for doing that but at the same time the game is is so explicitly about this kind of really intense traumatizing material that is like it it sort of lets you negotiate that without like erasing it 
I guess like the the content warning is there kind of for for people to have an idea of what they're getting into but also I think it makes sense that it reads kind of a, a bit jokey because the the tone of the game is kind of jokey of just like this stuff is is fucked up but also kind of in a, a darkly humorous way often um and we're not gonna pretend like we can we can sanitize that just by telling people like okay this is what's coming up uh the dark humor like emerged as a coping mechanism of like the horrific becoming mundane Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if I'm being confronted with this material all the time, I can't freak out every time I see it because that's just going to like hurt myself, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it sort of like um, evolves from, it is like a desensitized, like survival coping method, but it's like very much ingrained in how I'm make sense of the world today. And like, now just like real life seems as horrific or ridiculous and ridiculous or like the the hypocrisy of saying there shouldn't be violence in games when there's already so much violence in the real world or like i i don't know that there was a better way to say that but yeah yeah i i mean one one thing that's has been kind of something that i've been trying to to unpack in my in my own life but i think this game helped to clarify a bit is the sort of the role of of fiction to discuss stuff that obviously exists in the world in much more harmful ways um and often divorced from from context like we're not we are not engaging with with horrible events as they happen like intellectually more so than we're just experiencing them um and i think a lot of like the value of fiction that or like art broadly that uh sort of engages with this stuff whether that's games or otherwise is to to have that space to kind of unpack it and to understand it and i think often that is often any like inclusion of this stuff is treated as like a endorsement of it which yeah which i think is is broadly just the the nature of how internet criticism has evolved to be mostly call out culture um and doesn't really it doesn't have the capability of of being more nuanced than that just because it's not meant to be and that's like kind of created a lot of the anxiety that I thought about and sort of people being like, you can't make this because it's hurting me just made no sense to me because I was like, I literally hurt myself making this. Like I mm-hmm. literally didn't sleep. Like I literally lost friends. Like I literally had a breakdown. <laughs> so it's just like, seems so like, I don't know, like so, I guess some people want to engage with those emotions and others don't or i like i it's hard for me to like understand like why this attitude has always been so popular even by some seemingly like like p- in smart people 
or like other creatives. Um, it's been really confusing and hard for me to like watch this like um, culture of like reprimanding people and correcting things like evolve out of like what I was experiencing before. And it is like, con- it is like a confusing thing. It is like a, like a social cues, like walking on eggshells, like trying to understand like how this might be perceived as, um, and I mean, I think it's like good to engage in thinking that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, um, I do want to make space for sort of um, work like this, like hold space for edgelords, <laughs> um, I guess, or um, that word's pretty loaded, but. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think this applies to honestly, like a lot of, of media, um, not even stuff that is explicitly pulling from like stuff you might find on 4chan, uh, where it's interesting thinking about how to a certain degree, the like way that uh, call out culture or like call it criticism kind of functions now is is even it's often presented as coming from like a a progressive space, but it often feels very conservative in its like desire of of basically like removal of of a lot of stuff yeah or like sort of like telling like people how they should behave and like Mm -hmm. having this like authority of like how people should talk to one another um it it does feel like conservative and it's it's kind of a weird this is something like i've never like talked about publicly so i'm going to keep it like kind of vague but like um i was like making music like this that was like edgy and then i like met collaborators who were also making edgy work or like liked the same sort of media that i like to consume and then um you know after getting to know them they say something and you realize like, oh my God, this person is actually raped someone. Like, oh my, like you just have, and then it like changes the reading of their work where I'm like horrified by mm-hmm. it and like concerned of being like lumped in with these people that makes me not want to make work like this, mm-hmm. you, you know, like I um. Like, I guess I was projecting, like, why I make shocking work. I, like, assumed that that was why this person made shocking work. And then you're, like, kind of disappointed and horrified to find that, like, um, it's, like, their work is a reflection of, like, harm that they've actually done. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and... Like just it's just like so hard to decipher like someone's intention in making something. Like all you can do is assume unless you ask them directly, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like um 
Um, and I guess I wanted to make this game so that those misreadings couldn't happen and to like distance myself from that. But yeah, that was just, it was just like super disturbing to me to like, or like, you know, you find out Marilyn Manson is actually an abuser and you're like, oh, the parents were right. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I, yeah. I think that's where honestly a lot of this like need your kind of like pattern recognition, like criticism comes from is like from a, a fear of like assuming the worst and wanting to like cut that out before it could it could get anywhere um so it is like a very hard like balance to find of like trying to make stuff that uh explores this stuff without also just like catering like actual nazis like it's it's very difficult to know to like find how to to do that um to like where that line actually is especially on the internet where all context is immediately destroyed yeah people like are kind of sort of like enabled to lie or like it's very easy to like construct an identity um that just like convolutes this even more mm-hmm. yeah um so that was something I struggled with and it was only it was almost like either like sort of like finding people who liked um my work that and like um meeting people who I thought would be good collaborators and then finding out that these people were actually terrible Mm -hmm. um and sort of like cutting them out helped me refine my message and sort of like cut out things that I think attracted these people to what I was doing because I that was like kind of like the um it definitely changed the direction of my work where I was like whoa I don't don't want to affiliate with these people Mm -hmm. like just because we have a 4chan dark sense of humor like these aren't these are not my people um uh so i definitely like um became cautious about that and i didn't feel like i was it wasn't but i wanted to do it in a way where i wasn't like compromising my sensibility um so nightmare temptation academy was definitely born out of this caution and like trying to figure that out and sort of like find a place for my work when I felt it was um, very much under the threat of being misinterpreted in the worst way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, the way the internet culture has sort of like split off um, and like th- there are certain like memes associated with the alt-right, like Pepe the Frog is like the most known example people will have a really like loaded um reaction to like a certain slang word that you don't have the same connection to i don't know i'm like rambling but yeah that was like really um a huge part of the thought that went into this game after playing uh the game it definitely was a struggle to kind of 
like figure out okay why does this work when a lot of this this stuff that might uh on first blush seem like kind of it's contemporary really rubs me the wrong way and i still kind of trying to unpack that i think it's a very hard thing to to do yeah and you can just tell from this podcast it's like hard to put words to also Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah but i mean if it's a consolation i think you you definitely succeeded it is thank you upsetting that it 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 caused so much like personal pain in the in the making of it so i hope that doesn't occur again i we i don't i don't really want to like derail this again (laughs) but it was it was it's i think it's always worth remembering um like right now i know a lot of people are looking at like stories of labor abuse at large uh large companies but it's like it's worth remembering that that could happen on, on small or even like independent like projects i think a lot of like like individual game devs go through mm-hmm. this too. yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's like something you can do to yourself too <laughs> But it does it does tie into like, um, oh, like I took out a student loan and I have two years. And after this, if I enter the workforce, I'm not going to have mm-hmm. time to do this again. So there was like a structure outside of my like there was still like a capitalism thing that made me like have mm-hmm. to crunch. Um, <laughs> like I couldn't be like, I'll just do take five years and I don't need to do anything else. <laughs> like <laughs> that could never happen. <laughs> But it did come from within myself where I could have, like, I did scale back the game a lot. I mean, one disappointment I had is I had, like, planned this, like, uh, you know, when they rap battle, how it just turns into a Pokemon game? Mm-hmm. Um, like, that, like a like a shitty, like, still a text, like, uh, still dialogue kind of battle system. Not really anything different about the gameplay other than the interface. That was supposed to be, like, um, I wanted it to be, like, a a mad lib rhythm game where you would like actually freestyle by like selecting words that rhymed like on time um and like having points attributed Mm. to that and like then um those lyrics like actually being like wrapped back to you and like it would sometimes be like funny because uh you'd pick something that didn't make sense just sort of like a mad lib rhythm game um and that would have taken me another year like (laughs) i like that was like so ambitious um and i thought it would have been awesome Uh and it would have been crazy just to have this like other gameplay and i'm still like interested in making a game like that but not anytime soon not without like a team or something I, I hope you get to make that yeah. that game someday. Yeah, it does and it would be rad. different. It wouldn't be uh, so emotional to make. Um, hope yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah. It, it seems like. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. But yeah, since we're we're running up on time, I guess we could we can wrap things up here. Where uh, could people find you and your work on the internet? Where would you like to Good. point people? LenaNW.com, which is just my artist name um you will be able to navigate to nightmare temptation academy and all my games and all my music and um i'm felicia g uh, which is my rap name on twitter and instagram 
Um, but all the links are on my website, so all my socials. So yeah. Yeah, and I I definitely would recommend people uh, check out your site. It's a it's a lot of fun. I like the the style a lot. It's just like a a web design nerd that longs for for return of yeah. personal websites. But anyway, yeah, uh, links for these will obviously be in in the show notes for people who need help finding them. Um, so closing out these shows, I've been asking each guest to kind of share something. Um, they've found inspiring or, or interesting or hopeful or just, just something that's been piquing their interest. It can be literally anything, but uh, yeah, if you have something to share, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The first thing that comes to mind is, um, do you know this uh, music artist, Dorian Electra? I, I do. I've been listening to some of them yeah, recently. Yeah, I feel like, um, well, first of all, they're... Their music videos are incredible, and mm-hmm. um, I feel like they are um, sort of just like based on reading a few interviews and like um, like for example, they have that song called Edge Lord." I feel like they are kind of like defining a space for like a more I guess ethical Edge Lord. I mean, that's not explicitly their mission statement but I have been like relating to their music and their videos in a way that I haven't um, with other artists. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's definitely like, I, I do listen to like a lot of rap. So it is kind of like um, different from the music I usually listen to. I mean, it's not much like anything else. Um but it's not like um, typically the kind of music I find myself relating to. So I'm just like really intrigued with them. And they're sort of like ironic trolling tastes. Yeah. Do you have a particular song or album that you Well, my f- would... favorite song of all time is like um, the Musical Genius on the Flamboyant album. Because um, I really like the egotism like when i like listen to that song um i feel like yeah i'm like a musical genius like (laughs) or like um that's like the song i listen to the most but i guess like as far as like a concept goes like i really love like the edgelord music video and the um the the my the gentleman slash my lady music video like i think as videos those really speak to me awesome i will i will check those out yeah i i haven't i've listened to a few of their songs i don't know if i've seen uh that many of their videos definitely oh the videos like make it the videos are like i feel like they're essential i will definitely check those out um yeah, thanks thanks so much for coming on for for staying for this extended recording. We definitely yeah. run run over the hour mark on here, but it it was all been very interesting and and enlightening. Um so I appreciate you taking the time to talk. I'm glad. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That was great. Critical Care is produced by me, Nate Kiernan, with music by Desired. 
You can find Desired on Bandcamp at desired.bandcamp.com. I'm on Twitter at Nate Kiernan, and you can keep up with everything critical related at critical.com. If you like the show, maybe share it with a loved one and consider supporting me at critical.com slash Patreon. Until next time, stay safe, stay home, and remember this is not game over. We're still fighting and we're going to get through this.